0: You are listening to Absent minded brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. It is playoff time, and it is Super Bowl weekend, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. Our partner, BetOnline, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines, with everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade. Bet online is your number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get in on all the action. Bet online, the game starts here.
1: Hello and welcome to Absent Minded. It's Patrick Bexel. It's Anton Rasegord. The birthday boy and not the fugitive today. Happy birthday, Anton.
0: 31st. 31st. I'm getting old. I remember when I was just a young 26 year old starting at Habsize on the Price. I'm 31, old and bitter. And uh, the whole, you know, the best time of my life is behind me and it will never get as good again. Well, you know... I'm joking, and, obviously.
1: You, you know, the yeah. whole of USA is celebrating you today because they have this party in Vegas where two True. teams are supposed to play just for you. Yes. You know? Go Niners. Uh, we'll see how many times that uh, you got to say that tonight. And uh, unfortunately for everyone expecting it, Taylor Swift is not a guest on this podcast, at least. She mm-hmm. might be in Vegas later on, though. Um but we're not here to talk about the Super Bowl. We're not here to talk about Taylor Swift. We're here to talk about a little bit of a European roundup out, but we're going to start with the European in NHL. Someone that a lot of people had their doubts about last year, got injured and has come back with a vengeance.
0: Duray Slavkovsky. What a season he's having yeah what a last month he's having um it's it's fascinating with these young guys um I remember talking about it with with Matt and Jared I think before Christmas that it's so difficult to um to really know what you have in a 19 year old with with high potential because everything can just click from basically from one week to another and uh, that's what we have seen from Juraj Slavkovsky as well where when he was lifted up to the first line and got to play with Suzuki and Caulfield and you know got some more power play time and all that all of a sudden you saw a different confidence in him obviously it it, it helps when a few pucks bounce your way you score a few goals you feel that well i can handle myself at this stage now um but just he looks really mature um, all of a sudden, and a completely different player from the one who was um, took his first baby steps uh, a year ago in the NHL. He looks like he's finally growing into his body as well at um, this level, at the smaller rink, um, the smaller ice. Um, no, it's just, it's really fascinating to watch him. Uh, he's quickly becoming a, a true a favorite of mine, and I think a lot of other Canadians fans as well.
1: Indeed, and it, I don't think it can be overstated that the draft year, the, or the draft plus one year, should probably not be measured in in any retrospect. When you when you look at uh, players, the ones that do handle it like Bedard, uh, you know, uh, they do it very very well. But for a European, especially, I think you you look at it and and they go over. And, and in Jura's case, they went. O- he went over for the World Juniors. That was cancelled. He went to Japan or, or to, to uh, uh, the Olympics. Uh, and then he played the, the uh, World Cup and then he had the draft combine. He had the draft. He stayed in Montreal and he didn't get any time off the ice. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, didn't really prepare him for a first NHL season at that level. Uh, I was one of those that said he should have started in the AHL. I'm not sure that would have been better in hindsight because he probably wouldn't have succeeded there either with a lack of recovery period. And you saw mm-hmm. what happened when he got injured. He, he used that to to build up his body, to work on, on things that he needed to work on in order to succeed. The good thing to with being in NHL at that time, though, was the fact that he learned what he could do and what he needed to improve on.
0: Yeah, and and exactly.
1: he has taken that to heart and built from it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it all comes down to you can be as talented as as, as they come, you know, but um, everything comes down to how you handle adversity uh, at the top level if you want to be. Um, Well, if you want to be a high-end NHL player, we saw it with with Cole Caulfield who has scored his entire life and then all of a sudden he goes into that that slump. It was really his rookie slump because uh, since he made his debut uh, before, well, during the playoffs, um, but during uh, the Ducharme tenure where he couldn't score and uh, he went down to the AHL for a, a few games and he found his mojo and... Since then it's kind of been even if he's had a lull uh this season as well, you kind of know that he will reach those 2025 20, goals at a minimum just because he he knows um he has a few tricks up his sleeve now to to get back to scoring ways. And I think that's the case for Slavkovsky as well. I, I think the mental exhaust of going from uh being uh, a highly Touted player um, to then all of a sudden breaking through at the international stage and uh, basically leapfrogging Shane Wright f- uh, for being the first overall pick and uh, being Slovakia's first first overall pick ever. Um, all of that attention and coming to a, a high-profile hockey city like Montreal, who thirst for uh, for for glory um, after thirty years being a fir- the first first overall pick yeah, in a long time in Montreal as well it, it comes with a lot of pressure and and you have to just um grow into that uh that role of and playing your game and not trying to be an alexander Ovechkin etchkin or, or trying to be uh Sidney crosby or something else you know because that won't work um we've seen other players struggle coming out of the gate who have looked phenomenal at a junior level and international stage uh, alex um alex lafreniere and um uh, um capo caco and uh, yeah a few others um jack Hughes didn't um just light the league on fire from the start but it, it can take a few years it, we have to remember as well these guys are 18 when they're drafted um there are very few players who are a Connor mcdavid and just built for this uh from a very very young age Uh most of them it takes a while to get used to it and as you say as a european it it can take a while as well. Rasmus Dalin is another example, um, but yeah, uh, really excited for Slavkovsky. I, I I love watching him play, and I think he complements uh, that first line uh, really well. He complements them off the ice as well. Uh,
1: charming, uh, disarming smile, yeah. and and uh, easy to 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 like because of his attitude and and his jokes a lot of the time. So. Uh, um, I I was never really in doubt of, of Slavkovsky as a prospect. I was doubting the way he, ha- he he was managed the first year. But in hindsight, you can't really fault anyone. It it will take some time. And if you look at the players drafted after him, they haven't really succeeded in, in any way in the NHL either. So he is still the first overall pick in regards to stats and games,
0: etc., etc. Yeah, it's it's mainly like you you could argue uh, especially earlier this season you could have uh, argued for Logan Cooley for example. Um but you also have to remember what Montreal has and what Montreal lacked at the t- time of the draft. So yeah, we we remember if you listen back to the podcast ahead of the 2022 NFL, NHL draft, all of us were advocating Shane Wright uh, nope. to be to be the selection. No. weren't Not you all of us were you advocating Slavkovsky? Yes, I was. All right. Well, it's uh, European bias. It's yeah.
1: Of course, it is. Yeah, but, but I, I, I was it. in Montreal was, at the time. For
0: once, I was right. Yeah. No, no, but like it was you and Grant McCagg, so you're in good, um, good, good company at least. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, but like that's the thing. We we all thought that well, while Shane Wright hadn't been exactly um, well divine in the OHL, he still had a higher ceiling we thought um but look now a year down the line and yeah Cooley has 0.5 points per game on Arizona and um, Slavkovsky is you know closing in on him uh this season alone um obviously Slavkovsky played last season as well so he has more games and more points but you can make an argument for Simon Nemec for example Mm -hmm. uh Pavel Mintyukov is uh, is doing really well but Getting, getting Jack has really exploded onto the scene due to injuries as well. So exactly, and and you know, with retrospect, just watching, getting Reinbacher, for example, this year, and Slavkovsky last year, you get two bigger-bodied players who who can play in different situations and lay their body on the line and can skate and. That complements uh, Caulfield, uh, Joshua Roy, uh, Nick Suzuki, uh, all these players quite well, Lane Hudson. Um, I think Montreal is building something uh, quite fun and uh, energetic and uh, dynamic for the future. Sure a nice transition there
1: into david reinbacher who has mentioned and stated really that he wanted to finish school in switzerland he's there obviously claudon is having a terrible season Um, they fire their coach the gm uh, stepped in to fill that vacancy while looking for for coaches and i'm sure he has looked in in uh, outside switzerland as well um, at, at coaches in finland and sweden Um, in order to come in and help Clawton out of a dire situation that they are in um, second to last in the standings at the moment going into that um, relegation battle and uh, this is the problem with the relegation battles we see it in in Sweden as well with Oskars Ham now and in um, National National League uh, we see it with um, uh, Ayoi uh, they are so far behind so they can start prepping for the relegation battle yeah uh, so much earlier uh, last weekend we saw hove 71 that is the second last team in shl win over Oscar Sun with 10 to 1 yeah uh, but come come playoffs where there's seven games nerves and and the amount of money that is on stake for the club and and for the community as a whole Pressure is—it's even more pressure playing that
0: and playing in the final. Oh, for sure, you have something like you, you have something major to lose. The Swedish league is just—it's—it's uh, it's a bizarre uh, kind of league where you have fourteen teams, um, and uh, one team can basically go the whole season without any points, and they still have an opportunity to, to remain in the top league because they play uh, an automatic playoff. Uh, at the end of the season against the second to last team over seven games so and thats where so,
1: Switzerland is doing it as well
0: exactly so it's just an absurd situation um but like uh yeah so um it's Pre- pressure is 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 extremely um close
1: at that point and and uh, nerves will be outside the shirts in many cases IOG has a uh Fantastic little arena, but it, they cram in places. It's a tough place to go. Uh, you don't want to be caught in that particular particular area and come come relegation time. So I can understand people in in North America being upset about the season and having three coaches in a couple of months. But you can also argue that the GM was the coach last year, yeah. and he stepped in to fill a vacancy while looking for another coach and so in, in essence it's three coaches over two years or even three years so so that makes it a little bit less chaotic um i think that you know this is a normal way you see it in football it happens sometimes and um, we know it happens that there's that the assistant coach gets to fill in at some points in, in hockey and football as well, before they find that manager or coach that's gonna take over and be in charge. Mm. So so I don't see I, I don't think Europeans see this as something terrible or something unusual.
0: No. Um and uh it's uh David Reinbacher at least gets to practice his defensive uh, game a lot. Uh <laughs> and he <laughs> is the
1: best player on Clotten. Yeah. Let's
0: be honest about that as well.
1: Um, he's playing around twenty minutes a night. The Are you saying one, that he's better than Nathan Beaulieu? Um uh, Marginally, uh, okay. especially when they play together, it's very easy to pick up even from the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but but also you 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 have this uh, situation uh, where the new coach is going in to play man-man versus the zone defense that they played the the previous two seasons, so that might cause some errors, but it looks also that the knee injury and the arm injury that, that we know that Reinbacher has had uh, has been uh, keeping him a little bit safe. Uh, he, he hasn't dared do as many things as he ha- he we, we thought he would do, and uh, I think and this is pure speculation of me, uh, but uh, he's not with the Austrian team that lost 6-0 to France and uh, 3-2 to uh, uh, to Norway this weekend. Um, he's not with that, Rohrer is, but my guess is that Reinbacher is taking this week to recuperate and and get ready for for the last part of the season that is necessary, where he will need to step up in order for for Claude to crawl over that relegation battle line
0: and and just stay in the top league. It's an Italian coach as well, right? I actually don't know. <laughs> Ste- Stefan Meyer from uh yeah, from Bolzano in Italy. Never heard of an uh, well obviously who, there are who, Italian who, coaches.
1: I, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Bolzano playing in the Austrian league?
0: It wouldn't surprise me um since it's very close to uh to the border there, but um yeah, so uh Italian head coaching yeah absolutely in, in, interesting
1: um the good thing is that uh, it will it will be between the uh, Lakers and uh, the Flyers mm. sounds great right and the basketball yep. team against the the hockey team um uh, who ends up in that relegation battle uh, with ajoy um interesting to say the least um Reinbacher though, it might not have been the season where we expected it to be. Um, we were keenly aware, um, the ones that follow European hockey, that Clawton would not be a top team in, in the Swiss League. Uh, the budgets between the teams are uh, wider than anywhere else in Europe. Uh, and uh, the top teams are are probably turning over three, maybe even four times the money than the bottom team. So mm. so uh, it is uneven in that way. There's no cap. Uh, import players were raised, the number of them that could be used, which means that the top teams get even more uh, or even better in regards to the bottom teams. But Reinbacher has played a lot. He's been injured, unfortunately, but he's played a lot. He's played with different uh, players, which has hasn't really helped his progress. But his work ethic is strong. He looks a lot, lot better in front of the net. Um, he's working hard in the corners. He's reading the game very well. And now the last few games before this international break, he's started to, to, to partly produce, but also to actively transport the puck up the ice. Good zone exits, good zone exits and he's closed down his end of the defensive entries as well or or shutting out the the zone entries from the opposing team.
0: Yeah. And uh you know just getting minutes. I was afraid that he was going to be uh it was going to be a season totally derailed by injuries, but now he's at least uh, getting to play and since his future won't be in Klotten, it doesn't matter as much as we see from softkovsky now uh don't make too many assumptions based on one season uh on a bad team um because these eighteen year olds just need to play to develop and then if they were to have a bad season you can actually save it uh by by coaching them better the the next year so um we all assume uh, Slav- uh Slavkowski, Reinbacher will come over and and play in uh north america for for next year and um it will be uh, it will be interesting to see him. It will be uh very fun to see him down the line playing with a uh, Kate and Ghoulie, for example. Uh I think those two could be uh uh creating havoc for, for years to come, but um or maybe they will anchor one one pairing each, but um yeah. Um I'm still a f- fairly confident in, in the uh, Rheinbacher pick at five. I, I think it while not being a, a flashy choice, I think it uh, it was a wise choice um, if you look at the the cards you were dealt at, uh, at the fifth pick in the draft. I think it was Johan Cruyff that said that in soccer the right defender
1: starts 90% of the attacks and uh, I'm not sure it's translatable to, to uh, hockey but that's the kind of player you're looking at with reinbacher and and uh, he is that kind of setup man and starting the attack he can finish it as well but his main strength is closing down the zone entries and taking the puck up the ice and and that is something that i think everyone needs to to understand and and you, you're not going to get maybe the point totals of you know Hughes or or um, Eric Carlson or, or players like that, you, you're gonna look at you know another kind of player, but that player that everyone wants to draft because they are so expensive to trade for.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's. Um... If you can draft those players, it's uh, it's yeah uh, those kind of players. that If you look back at what Mark Bergevin said uh, when he drafted Jesperi Kotkaniemi, for example, uh, don't have to do linger on that, but just that it's difficult to trade for for certain um, types of players. Um power forwards who are uh, 6'5 six and, five and can skate are one of them. Um good quality two-way centers who can play top line or or second uh, second line minutes are another and right-handed defensemen um who are um well what you can call a two hundred foot player from a defensive position are a third. So um I think that uh David Reinbacher has a bright future and hopefully in Montreal. Looking at the international
1: break, and all it almost passed us through. But uh, Sweden is currently playing Finland in Bayer hockey games, this time held in Karlstad, uh, in where Fairystad usually plays. And uh, top line center Oliver Kapanen, yeah,
0: another young youngster who uh, is uh, developing. Do you think he's developing as he should, or should he be further along uh, by this time compared to last year?
1: If he was was it two or three weeks younger, he would have been in the next year's draft, right? Mm. Uh, so maybe he is uh, at that level where he should be. And and I think this is the kind, when, when Europeans talk about, you know, development for, for future NHLers, I think Kapanen's progress is, is what we're expecting. Maybe we had hoped for it to be a little bit faster, but um, you... Essentially, you want the player to be part of the national team before they go over to North America, be it in the NHL or be it in the AHL, because it in, in, it means that if they go to the AHL, they're going to be top-pairing or top-line players. And mm-hmm. and I think uh, going to the AHL for, for a young kid and start playing third-line, fourth-line minutes, it's not going to increase his confidence all the time. And uh, Kapanen... Uh, has played well in Kalpa for 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 a long time. Um, defensively, he's always been sound. Uh, my minor thing is uh, there are two minor things really with, with or they 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 merge together in, in, in a way is that his offense always comes in in patches in ketchup effect in a way. And I think the the fact is that he's so dependent on his confidence. So when he has confidence, everything goes in. Um, but when he doesn't, he squeezes the stick a little bit too hard. And in that case, everything goes outside instead. Or the, it's, it's not hard enough, or, or it's not uh, tipped that high enough. So the goalie can make that save instead. And uh, uh, I think this is a, a player that will go to the AHL next year. If he doesn't, he will earn top-line minutes in Kalpa and continue there. Uh, but I have no doubt that Montreal will sign him. They don't need to sign him this year; uh, they can wait another year, give him those four years in Europe, uh, depending on what how the lines look in 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 Laval. Uh, but it's 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 a very I, we always talk about going over early in comments and and everything. And I understand why Canadians fans want players in in Laval or in in in. Well, if they're in the team, then it doesn't matter. But to go over to Laval um, early because of rink size. Rink size doesn't matter that much, especially not in Finland where they have hybrid ice and and even a, sh- a rink that is shorter than the normal ice. Uh, so, yeah. Um, for pros, you practice a couple of three weeks and then you're into it, especially if you keep playing on it all the time. But um, you want the players to become members of the national team because that's the next logical step and
0: that mm. shows that they are good enough to play in the AHL so basically what you're saying now that he's playing first line minutes for Team Finland he should go to the AHL yeah I think so I, I mean yeah. like um, the, the best thing would see would be to see him maybe
1: as a third line center in the world world championships but yeah I, I think he will go I thought he would go before I knew he was playing the national team this year in this week but uh, this is the kind of progression you want to see. You want to see him become top or, or at least part of the national team when the AHL players isn't there, mm. preferably on the top lines, in order for him to to make that statement that, I, that he can survive the AHL.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was just looking at his uh, stats as well. He's on... Um uh he's on pace for 31 points this season uh which would be four more than last year um so you could argue that he has more responsibility this year um and i think as well that it could be that he comes over to Laval and and needs to not adapt to the the size obviously but but just uh getting a year of uh, Adapting to uh, playing away from home for the first time and you know being on the road for, for as long as you are, and and long traveling and all this and and more games. Um so I can see a situation where he comes over um either in the spring if um if uh, things don't work out well for Calpa in Liga, uh, or he comes over during the summer and uh plays at least a year in the AHL and and um gets his groove on there um then i think down the line um it all comes down to who develops better out of him and and owen beck uh, basically for because they they both fit that mold of being a future third line center if, if it works out as as we hope for both of them and if it's a possibility of having kapanen and beck as your third and fourth line center i think you're in a pretty good spot um if especially on
1: entry-level deals where where you know exactly. yeah. you, you 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 don't chunk away a lot of that cap space that you need for other areas right yeah yeah um speaking about development and and we're not going to linger as much on Ericsson, uh but uh, fantastic to see him get the chance to play 20 minutes a night to 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 play that in in hockey alsonscan with a, a rookie team in hockey alsonscan as well uh, so it's not going to you know uh, Björklöven or or Brynäs or, or Yrgården that we sort of expect to be the top teams uh, but he, he's in Nibro which is a small town team he's getting the big minutes he's eating uh, minutes and, and penalty kill he's he's running the power play It's the hub of the power play and you know 16 points in 13 games that's that's a pace that we don't even want to consider uh, but it's also Hockey Allsvenskan, so it is a step down below from, from SHL, but it's still a pro league. It's seasoned pros, it's North Americans playing there, um, so, so it's arguably what? Is it at the same level as the Czech league or or, or Slovak league?
0: Yeah, probably. probably. How, how do you think it compares to the German league?
1: It's better than the German league, Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, probably, I mean, better than the Austrian or or Mountain League or Al- Alp League or whatever they call it now. Yeah. Uh, but but it is, and it's better than the Danish and Norwegian leagues as well. And that's for sure. But it's 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 an interesting thing. He get he's I've, I've spoken with the GM, as you're keenly aware, if you realize on the price, uh, and uh, they're gonna keep him in Nibro until Nibro's season is over, and then he can come back to and play the playoffs with. Either the under twenties or or the um, the uh, representation team or even both. He has a gold medal from last year in in, in the playoffs, and Veckre uh, is looking pretty solid to to be running for gold this year again. Anton and um, mm. that is mainly the reason why Ericsson is out on loan, isn't it?
0: Yeah, for sure, um, and. This is the situation again, where you know if you want someone to um, be able to contribute with more, uh, more offense and potentially being something more for you than just a uh, bottom six player, bottom six forward, uh, then this is great because he gets to play more minutes in Nipblu and he gets to develop his game. He gets to make mistakes and try things uh, before settling into the SHL. Uh, we know as well that you can't. You can't just automatically expect uh, a Hockey Ellsons can dominant player to, to grow into being a, a fantastic player in the SHL and then AHL and the NHL. But uh, as we've seen with Jakob Olofsson, but it's just Philip Eriksson is an interesting uh, prospect, uh, first of all, because since he was injured for most of his draft season, it could be that you were getting a second, third uh, round value in the sixth round because of his uncertain fiscal status. Um, yeah, and also
1: and, only playing two SHL games and what was it, four, and
0: and? six in the playoffs. And yeah, zero well points. where where the
1: average time was thirty seconds, I think. Yeah, for uh, sure. No, but, that's and, that's and, what I'm talking about. And yeah. then he played one or two under twenty games as well. So you don't have if you haven't scouted him a lot before. And let's remember, he was in Troya before he was not in exactly. Becca. Yeah. So. So if you haven't scouted him a lot he's mm. going to fly under the
0: radar. Yeah. Uh as you said like he was in the J20 regional league um for his draft minus one year, right? Mm. Um and so so he had like um points 1.5 points per game basically and then he left for for Becqua where he played in total um he dressed for 22 games in his draft season uh eight with the shl team and 14 with the j20 national team where he had just under a point per game it it doesn't sound impressive in that regard but um as we said injuries and all that so just seeing him like um you know he, he held his own at the um at the uh, shl level as well it was just mm-hmm. that it was in a limited capacity uh, but i can imagine now with you know uh, team sweden for example uh not going all the way at home in the world juniors um, I can imagine that they uh, kind of wish that, oh, if we had had uh, Philip Eriksson uh, have this development before December, it would have been great to have him on the team um, and contribute. I, I, to- I was
1: looking at that team, though. I'll, I'll be honest to mm. say that. And yeah. I spoke with it when I was in Rugler watching or Engelholm watching Rugler and, mm. and Adam Engström with the Wekwer, um beat riders, mm. And they were also saying, like, if you look at that team, you're not sure who you take away in no, order to true. replace him with Eriksson. Mm. Um, hindsight is great, and and you could also argue that the um, he was used in a different capacity because Östlund was playing in the World Juniors. So, therefore, he got more exposure, he got used to the tempo, he says that uh, coming to Al- Hockey Al- Halsansk, the tempo is a little bit slower, he's getting more space, and that has yielded the results that he's having. Um, but when... It's, it's an interesting development, and, yeah. and I like it. I also like it that it's literally an hour away from Weckhofer. Weckhofer keeps tabs mm-hmm. on him. Um, I spoke with Jürgen Jönsson, Weckhofer coach. He was saying, yeah, I watch the games. Of course I do. Uh, it's my player. I need to see him. And they were so aware that he was going to get heavy minutes used in all areas, and and he didn't take it as a uh, being relegated or... or, or being turned away. He he took it as I want to play hockey, I need to develop. And mm. in order to take that third line center spot that is open because Usland is leaving for NHL and and so is Victor Hanborg So mm. you, you you're gonna get that those places in Vecco in next year and Ericsson is the front runner right now. Anything above a third line center role for Ericsson is a bonus next year. Yeah, and and sure. we're going to s- keep seeing that development. You want the same kind of development path that Kapanen has had, in a way.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. Um, it will be. Uh, it's it's just nice to see these uh, late round picks uh, f- uh, blossom when they when they get the opportunity to uh well to flourish in in a, in a bigger capacity. Uh, just grown with uh, with the. Uh, added responsibility. Um, and even if it's at a lower lower level right now, uh, you could easily see him just uh, keeping this confidence over the summer and uh, becoming at least a more integral part of the Vecqua team going forward. Um, and hopefully uh, being able to, in a few years, contribute um, in the uh, AHL and NHL as well. You will uh, definitely see it, his confidence in... Uh...
1: Uh, development camp that's for sure uh, i will uh I, I also think that you know you you build on this uh, one thing that is in a way problematic with vequa is that and and uh, you you can disagree with me if you want anton but it's just a very controlled kind of play um mm. they, they they don't play the trap but they play very controlled very structured uh the free-flowing nature maybe of, of, of NHL isn't what he's practicing and that might, because I can see Eriksen go to the AHL in a couple of years, that might be be the thing that you need to, to challenge him with. And the one thing that stands out as well is that he plays better as a center at SHL level than he does play uh, on the wing, uh, which is something that you don't see young
0: players do really no exactly uh you mostly hear about centers uh b- being more adapted to going on to on, going on the wing because it's less pressure there to to actually see someone who <laughs> even if he has played mostly center to to just um that he looks more uh confident uh playing that role and anchoring a line at the age of 18 19 is it's a good sign
1: indeed it is and you've been listening to absent minded um a little bit of a European round roundup even if we started with Slavkovsky in the NHL um, fantastic to see him blossom as well and getting that confidence that we all hoped he would have Anton I want to congratulate you once more and wish you a happy birthday uh, do stay up too late tonight to watch the Super Bowl I will for sure there is nothing stopping me thank you all for listening and uh, you enjoy supportable. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online.